just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, the show that explores the world of influence and persuasion to help you build authority and become a more powerfully persuasive communicator in business and in life. This week, I'm going to be speaking with an expert in creating bios for getting yourself booked onto podcasts. Now, I, I talk about this a lot in my own work that Right now, getting onto podcasts is one of the best ways to build your profile. If you're a coach, a speaker, or a trainer, if you have something that could be talked about from an expert level on podcasts, then it's a really powerful way to be building up your expertise and your authority in your industry. So if you have the kind of business where it's worthwhile, you taking some time to become known for what you do then you are going to love this episode with my guest, Nancy Jutton. On the show, we regularly explore the world of influence and persuasion from multiple aspects, many of them referring particularly to business applications for the psychology and application of influence and persuasion. So we do look at things like marketing, but we also take a look at some of the psychological aspects of influence and persuasion, some of the history of influence and persuasion. We explore rhetoric, we explore persuasion skills, ethical and otherwise, and we look at much more besides to help you become a more powerful communicator. If that's the kind of stuff that you want regularly for content for yourself and you enjoy the show you're listening to today, consider subscribing to get more and do check out our back catalogue with well over 100 shows now exploring this subject and more besides you are not going to be short of information to improve your influence and persuasion skills and be a more powerful communicator. All that remains for me to say is enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. If you're a coach, speaker, or course creator and would like to have a simple online ecosystem for your business where you can create funnels, build an integrated website, sell and host courses and live programs, build your list with lead magnets, manage your sales, create communities, and so much more in a way that is affordable and fully supported, you'll love New Zendler. You can try everything out for free. And if you love it, you can register for monthly or discounted annual billing. It's more cost-effective than most other similar platforms. Don't pay for a multitude of services you have to then link up manually. Get an online solution that does everything you need in one place. Find the link in the show notes and try New Zendler as the all-in-one solution for your business today. Welcome to Speaking Influence. Now, this is the Influence and Persuasion show. And one of the 
critical part. So being influential and having persuasion with your group, the people you want to be speaking to is being noticed. And so this is one of the reasons why I've been looking forward to today's conversation with my guest. My guest is called Nancy Jutton. I remember it's Justin like button. I had that written down and, and she is an expert at making your bio more interesting. So you can say bye, bye, boring bio, which is what we're here to talk about. So welcome, Nancy. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm really happy to be speaking to you. And I know when we connected before, I've been looking forward to doing the recording with you since then. You are absolute delight to chat with. And so I want to start off just before we get into what we're here to talk about by asking you. For you, who is somebody who stands out as being maybe an exceptional person in terms of their influence and persuasion and why? The person who stands out as the most influential and persuasive in my experience is none other than Oprah Winfrey. Uh, I have followed her work my entire life and nobody is more authentic, more connected, and more genuinely concerned about doing good in the world through the power of the platform. And whenever I'm in doubt about what to do or how to do it, I'll often ask myself, what would Oprah do in this situation? And I always rise up to the next best possible way to contribute because she's been someone I've admired my entire life. She is a great example of someone who built her own platform really, and made the career for herself and has led the way for so many other women, especially, but especially women of color too. And what is it you think that stands out for you the most about her influence and social? I know she's doing good with that, but in terms of the journey that she's done with that, what do you think has been most important for her creating that? One of the things I remember most about reading her story is that when she was starting out as a news broadcaster, she felt the news very deeply and had a very difficult time keeping her emotions out of her delivery. And that made her a horrible newscaster, but it set her up to be a brilliant podcast host, brilliant host of a show. And I have often thought about that as, as I pursued my own journey, because I feel people's messages very deeply. I feel the news very deeply and keeping emotion out of it has been hard for me too, but there's always going to be a way for us to craft our own path, to be that unicorn in our industry, to be the one who's going to be the one that shows up in this way and does it in full expression. So the right people are called to want to work with you or listen to you or be persuaded by you. And so I've just sort of held her up as a standard because just because she didn't fit the mold of a standard news broadcaster didn't mean she didn't have a brilliant, brilliant role to play in a much bigger way. And I think that that's very inspiring for me personally. Yeah, I, I love that. Like one setting, she was almost a failure. And, and yet those were the things that absolutely made her a success. I think that's a a great comparison to draw there, Nancy. So that leads us very nicely into what we are here to talk about, which is helping people to stand out and what your work is in helping other people to develop their profiles and to be more noticed. First of all, how did you come to be doing that? I and mean, what led you to doing this kind of work? Well, way back in the day, I owned my own public relations agency and I represented leading banks, prestigious chocolate companies, real estate organizations, all kinds of mainline businesses. 
And when I would sit down with the CEO and say, well, let's hear your story, they would say things like, you know, the usual, I went to this school, I went to this, I live in this neighborhood. I'm married to my lovely wife with my two kids. I play tennis on the weekends. And I would think to myself, no, 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 that's simply not going to do. We've got to get to the meat of the matter and find a way to differentiate what makes you special, different, and preferred. Because let's just talk about community banking for a moment. If you cover the logo of that bank and you cover the photo of the person whose bio is underneath it, you'll probably notice that most of the bios sound the same. And how does that help the bank create relationships with people with meaningful assets to invest, dollars that they can borrow? So it all started with me working with a lot of boring bankers who needed to find a way to differentiate themselves that would also work within a compliance arrangement, you know? And so I started working with people to write better bios for them. I developed an entire system around how to do it. And then when the Great Recession happened in 2008 and my PR firm ran into difficult times in a crazy economy, I found myself in need of creating a product that I could sell because my PR business kind of fell on hard times. So I codified all of my methods, my tools, my systems, my templates into a Bye Bye Boring Bio workbook that put me on the map in a fairly big way. I got rather internet famous for it. And I spent, I was since 2009, I've been the Bye Bye Boring Bio expert who has worked with luminaries and stars on the rise to stand out at hello with a story that actually stands out and brings more people to them instead of repels them from them. It seems that the ability to stand out is more important now than it ever has been. The capability to differentiate. There are brand marketing experts all over the place who are helping people to do this. Just how much of a difference can it make to somebody in terms of what their bio looks like? And who are the kinds of people who you are primarily aiming that towards? The people I'm primarily aiming to serve are successful service providers, messengers, and speakers who are up to a mission worth fighting for. Those are my ideal clients. And there are so many author, speaker, coach people in the world. I often quip it's author, speaker, coach, snooze, you lose. Because if you're going to call yourself that, like how much more generic can you be? So those are the ideal people that I work with. The bio is not meant to be everything you've ever done in your life. It should be a powerful statement about who you serve, the big results your clients welcome, and what differentiates you as the best available athlete or service provider to bring in that magic faster, easier, and better so that people can connect and do more business. One of the yeah. bigger mistakes people make is they tell you everything they've ever done in their life through every possible career intervention or reinvention that they've ever done, which serves to confuse people rather than to create clarity around getting busy and getting more business done right now. But you're the right person. I definitely knew that you were the right person to be speaking to because a lot of the audience for this show and a lot of my target client audience as well are coaches, speakers, trainers, consultants, 
Uh, and so we work in similar markets. So that's why I knew that your content was going to be very relevant to, to this particular audience. They, you've mentioned some of the things that the bankers were doing wrong, like just looking very generic and boring. But in terms of the coaches and speakers, what do you see as being the biggest mistakes there? I guess it's probably some of the same, but what else do you see there? I have a fun little acronym. I'll see if I can try to spell it out for you. I call it A-B-C-D-I-Y. A would be arrogance. A would be absence of proof of your claims. For example, I'm a best-selling author, even when I've only sold two, two or three books, and most of them were to family and friends. Arrogance, absence of proof, that would be a couple of A's. B, boring. You sound like everybody else. C, there's no clarity. There's no conviction. There's no commitment to serve in a bigger way beyond just making money. D is failure to differentiate. You sound like everybody else. I, this is a big one. Every sentence starts with I. And that's the problem because if you're preparing a bio for a podcast guest interview, or for a speaking opportunity. It's ideal if it's written in the third person so that the host can easily read it without having to transpose the tense to be relevant for the situation. I is when it's all about you, you leave out the most important person, which is the ideal client that needs to be persuaded to engage. And why is just for fun. I call it yada, yada, yada. It's where you go on and on and on and on and you lose them at hello because you didn't have the grace and the smarts to get to the meat of the matter quickly so people can say, yes, that's my guy. Those are some of the bigger mistakes that people make. Okay. There's quite a lot of mistakes that, that people are making. Uh, and so I guess most people are probably making some of those mistakes. Some people may be making all of those mistakes, but this is why we need people like you who can help us to fix it. So where do we start to turn that around, Nancy? Where do we begin to create a, a bio that is going to stand out and people are going to look at and go, oh yeah, wow, I need to know more about this person. Well, one of the first things you want to do is you want to decide what you want your bio to accomplish for you right now. I often say that when you go to the one size fits all rack at the discount mall, you may have clothes on your back, but you won't look sexy, spelt, and spectacular because you didn't think about the occasion that you were getting dressed for. So if you want a bio to attract clients, put that objective in mind and write your bio to attract clients. If you want your bio to attract speaking gigs, position yourself as a speaker who delights and inspires audiences in a very specific way. If you want to be booked for media interviews, lead with the kind of conversation you want to be a part of and what you get to bring to the conversation that makes you the host or the guest that a host can't wait to talk to. So number one is, what is the bio supposed to be doing for you? Because one bio does not suit all these situations. Then what you want to do is you want to reflect on the, the who, the how, and the wow, who the ideal client is, the how you make your biggest difference and the big wow that you bring about. Those could be the stunning results that you bring about to clients who wisely invest, or those could be the standing ovations you invite every time you take the stage, or that could be the repeat guest invitations you get 
to come back to whatever show multiple times because you were so amazing every time you show up. Then you want to prove why you've got the goods by your credentials, your awards, what clients say. And then you want to package everything in the right format so it's eminently usable. A podcast host, for example, is going to want maybe 50 words or at most 100 words to introduce you in the third person. The 300, 500, the 800 word bio that you obsessed with for months and months to get exactly right. My guess is you did that to satisfy your own ego, but chances are very few people have read from start to finish that 700 word thing. And I would ask you that question, Johnny, when people pitch you to be a guest on your show, what are some of the mistakes that you see people making that have you hitting the delete key instead of saying, boy, I can't wait to talk? That's a nice question. I really like that you answered that. I, I was actually talking about this earlier today and it comes up quite often. So there's a few things. One is that they don't actually check what my show is about and just say, hey, I want to come and speak on your show. Another thing is they expect me to do all the work and research them and say, hey, I'd be a great guest in your show and I don't know who they are. And uh, I don't have a lot of time to research everyone who applies to be on the show. What else do they get wrong? They, they send me too much information that like you said about having that super long bio, they'll send me all this stuff with all these different links and videos and previous interviews. Again, ain't nobody got time for that. And uh, yeah, there, there's loads of mistakes. And uh, so I, I particularly love it when people get it right in terms of that, which is really just about like you said, getting, having the meat of it and knowing straight away, like they've checked you out. They know that, that they know what you, you're about. They know what your show's about and they can come to, someone can come to you and tell you why they are going to be a good guest for your show. When, when we got in contact, it was very clear to me that it's like you were going to be a good person to speak to. I didn't take much convincing to set up a conversation and say, yeah, Nancy, I want to have that chat with you because I could see very clearly what you're about. And, uh, and the reach out was just enough information to, to make me think, yes, I know this is someone I want to talk to. You know, this idea, thank you so much. And this idea of just enough, I think Goldilocks, the fairy tale is something we should all visit for everything that we do as speakers, trainers, experts, authors, because there's too little information, there's too much information. And then there's this idea of what's just right. And it's more of an art than a science to figure out what that is. But in my experience working with luminaries and stars on the rise and celebrities and big name CEOs, less, less is often more. And it takes more skill to get it to boil down to the bare essence. But when you can get to the meat of matter quickly, where people instantly know that you're a fit, let's commit and let's get on with it. And that's really what everybody wants, whether you want more speaking gigs, more podcast interviews or to have clients say, you're the one that I want. You're the answer to my prayer. I think that if we, and I think another mistake people make, and this is a very common one, most people doing business today have a website and they're working with someone to get their website live. And there's a place on your website to say, here's my about me page. And it's like a, a box on a list that you check, 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 check. What if your website went live 10 years ago and that was the very last time you looked at your bio because you checked the box? But in the 10 years that have passed, your hairstyle has changed, your physical appearance has changed, but most importantly, the contributions and the stunning results you've brought about 
have changed and you may have shifted focus in dramatic ways that are not yet reflected on the place where people go to find out whose name is on the door, whether or not you're the one that they want. If it's been six months or more since you've looked at your bio, look at it with fresh eyes today and ask yourself, is this still the best possible way for me to represent my message, my story, my mission, my magic, so that the right people will want to say yes to me? And if the answer is no, it's time to refresh that message so that you can show up as you wish to, to welcome the outcomes that you desire. Yeah. I think that's super important. And another thing that came up for me whilst you were saying that, and I do see this quite often as well, and I want to lead this into something else that you talk about, is that some people who apply to be on the show, um, when they apply, they tell me maybe 10 or 15 or more different things that they could come on the show and talk about. And and I don't want to hear that from people. I, I really don't want somebody who can come and talk to me about everything. I want someone like you who can come and talk to me about bios and yes, we might talk about some other things, but I know what you're about and I know what you specialize in. Uh, I want specialized people to come on the show. I, I really don't want generalists. The same as if I, when I choose coaches who I work with, um, now I work with, like I'm working with a marketing coach right now, a really cool guy, Chris Ducker. Awesome. And, um, I'm very careful about how I selected him. But if Chris just worked in everything and worked with every kind of business or every kind of entrepreneur, I would not be interested in working with him. He works with very specific kinds of people and that's a perfect fit for me. And so that's what I see with people who want to come forward and do all sorts of things. And I see it in lots of people's bios as well. So many people now are doing more than one thing and I get it, but it's, uh, as, as the marvelous coach, Carrie Wilkerson was pointing out to me yesterday, you can only ride one horse at a time. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we have but one, but one horse and, and then it's that, that way for a reason. So, you know, um, that is, I know that, that yeah. one lesson was a tough one for me to learn. And I'm just so glad you brought it up because it was Phil McGraw who said you can only run, ride one horse with like one, what exactly what you said. But when you have <laughs> relentless focus on one thing that you do better than anyone else, you have the opportunity to get known for that, get paid for that, have your star rise because of it and have it be the, the thing that people say, that's the gal who does this. And if people are looking for how to write a professional bio, how to write a client attracting bio, how to get your media one sheet done and dialed, and they go to Google to type in those terms, certain people will come back instantly in the search. And that is what we all want is to be that go-to person. Type in bye-bye boring bio and tens of thousands of references will point directly back to me. And is it the only thing I talk about? No. Over the years, I've tweaked it and pivoted so that it can be even more relevant. That's why I talk a lot about podcast guesting these days, because we are living in a shelter-in-place world where the empowerment and control we have over our upside can be influenced dramatically if we take our place at the microphone to speak up. And if you want to do that, you need a bio that will be host-friendly, that speaks to the specifics. And I am better qualified to talk about that than most folks, because I've spent the last 11 years beating the drum about why the bio matters and how you can make yours work hard for you in the ways that are meaningful to your bottom line. We'll return to the show in just a few moments. Like me, you have a message to share with your audience and it's important. In fact, 
it could change their lives. But first, you need to be very clear about two things. Exactly who are you trying to help and what can you offer them that no one else can? Because it all starts there. And it's all about your brand. Brandface sponsors this podcast and they help people just like you to define, develop and display a brand that positions you as an authority. It's time to make sure you stand out. Find out more at learnaboutbrandface.com. That's learnaboutbrandface.com. Now back to speaking influence. Yeah. Well, let's dive a little bit more into that then specifically, because I know that some of the work I do with people is in helping them get on the right kinds of podcasts and shows and things with that sort of publicity and helping them set up those media kits and things like that. What are the kinds of things you think, you mentioned about having that short bio with the third person, but what other things do you think are essential for somebody to have in their media kit and in their reach out to, to other people? Well, one very basic thing is called a media one sheet. And this is a PDF or a graphic image of all the essentials that a host would need to determine that you are their person. I ask people to start with creating a media one sheet because it's an exercise in clarity. You can say, what do I want to be known for? What conversation do I want to lead? What qualifies me to talk about this? What have people said about me as an expert in this area? Where are my social media profiles? And what is the best way to book me? These, and of course, your professional headshot that looks like you would look like today with your current reflection in the mirror. When you go to the effort to create this document, then you have message clarity about what you want to do. And as you've created that, your own confidence and conviction and desire to speak up becomes even stronger. So then if you want to be booked on shows, there are so many wonderful podcast guest matchmaking sites available to us today that are free to belong to, but they all have their own platforms that require that you enter the very similar information that is on your media one sheet. So by getting to clarity first about what you want to talk about, it then becomes a cut, paste, and share situation on the various platforms where people are looking for guests. So you save yourself time, you position yourself properly on all these sites, and you could be getting leads in your inbox as soon as tomorrow from hosts that are looking for someone just like you. I think that with 2.7 million podcasts on the air, according to Listen Notes, the recipe for overwhelm for a lot of messengers is pretty daunting. But if you could yeah. choose to book yourself on two shows a week consistently as a steady diet, you will never be hungry for an audience ever again. Audience opportunities will come into your inbox if you learn the finesse to pitch like a human being who cares about the host as much as you care about yourself, you will set yourself up for brilliant success. And the best part about it is the thing that people don't tend to think about until it starts to happen. But when you are a brilliant guest on a show and you pour value into the conversation, there are likely other hosts that are going to be listening to that show who are looking for guests just like you. And that means that opportunities start coming your way without you even having to pitch. And wouldn't that be an amazing outcome? That's been what's happened for me. And so I'm just beating the drum for people to get in the game 
Because if you are a messenger, a speaker, someone who has something to share and discuss, how empowering is it to just get the opportunity to have a long form conversation where aha insights can be dropping left and right? Well, you and I are very much on the same page with all of that, Nancy. I can agree with you wholeheartedly, what 100%. And, and I love that as well. I've often said to people that I don't like cut and paste applications, but it's not 100% true because I don't dismiss them if it's the right kind of person. And if they actually show me that they looked at my profile and they've checked that they're a fit for the show, I understand that people want to save time. But it's, it's really just the ones where I can see that They've just sent it out to probably everybody and, and haven't made any adjustments to it. Or even worse, they say, oh, hey, I love your show. I love what you talk about. But they, they, there's nothing specific there as well. I don't know that you've actually listened to it. I don't know that you have any idea who I am. And I've even had those messages for a show that I hadn't even launched and before, before there were any episodes. I said, well, I don't think you had. I don't think you've been listening to it because it's not even launched. So yeah, it, it just a little bit, you know, it's maybe people think this is all time intensive, but well, for here, the well, results here, that you get. Well, here's what I want to say about that. I, I knew a newscaster who spent the better part of 30 years giving her heart and soul to the deadline to be on the air accurately and in, in service to a, an audience. And she once said, that the biggest turnoff for her is running into people at the grocery store or at events where people would actually say, I never watch the news, but the news should write about me. And she's thinking to herself, I've given the last 30 years to my journalism career, investigating important stories that need notice. And you're coming to me saying you never watch, but we should pay attention to you. I mean, it's amazing how left-footed people can be. I think yeah. that the secret sauce that I teach people is before asking to be seen, heard, and celebrated yourself, see, hear, and celebrate the host you want to have the opportunity to be in conversation with. And when you Indeed. say, congratulations on 104 episodes and 55 five-star reviews, You've let them know that you've paid attention to their metrics, but you go the extra mile. And I tell all of my clients, we're all in the business of learning more and earning more. If you want to be on that show, choose an episode that interests you personally, where you will learn something that will allow you to learn more, earn more, and make a better life. It will be good use of your time because you're going to walk away with an aha insight from a show that actually helps you live life better. But if as a consequence of listening to that show, you are convinced that you have something to add to the show. Here's my suggestion. Write a five-star review for that episode and share it with the host. Capture a screenshot of your review. And then a few days later, suggest how you have value to add to that conversation or that you have a show idea that could be refreshing and persuasive to make the show even more intoxicating. But when you demonstrate that you've actually listened or watched, that's a really nice way to invite a conversation for a relationship. Because the other thing that I think is incredibly important is this is not like the business card ninja that goes to the business card, goes to the networking event and tries to capture everybody's business card 
and goes home giving themselves a gold star. Every single conversation you have with a host could be one where you realize that we have a lot in common. We know people that we could help each other grow. Maybe we can create some relationships beyond what we're having right here. And could we plant those seeds so that we don't take a one night stand approach, but create relationships around the world where we can support and elevate each other. That's the real magic of the relationship building that happens when you get to be on somebody's coveted show. Nancy, I feel like we're kindred spirits. Uh, yeah, 100% everything you just said. I, I love that <laughs> one night stand analogy as well, because it's so true. So many people think they that it's all about getting on as many shows as possible, and it isn't. Like, yeah, you can get on all those shows, and yeah, you'll be seen, but are they the right shows? And if you think that the vast majority, you, you mentioned there's over 2 million, well, over 2 million podcasts. I mean, the, the, certainly not all of those are active, probably less than half of that are actually active podcasts, but even so, only around the top 10% of podcasts globally are actually getting more than around like 50 or 60 downloads an episode kind of thing. And, and so that's what you have to think about. It's like, yeah, you can go on all the shows, but do they have your audience? Do they, are they worth being gone? Are they going to stick around? Are they going to add value to the, the conversation? It, it really is not quantity over quality kind of situation. You do want to go for some level of, of quality here and make sure you're getting in front of at least the right kinds of audiences and with the right kinds of people who are giving out the, the same kinds of messages that you're talking about. And yes, that takes a bit more time. And yes, that means developing some relationships, some ties that are actually going to serve you. You know, people ask me, and maybe you'll say the same thing, but one of the things that I never expected when I started a podcast, being a host and a guest now on many shows, was the amazing network and friendships that I would build up because of it all over the world with people from all over the world. It has been, it wasn't what I set into podcasting for, but if I had known that, I think I might have, because it's been incredible. Well, that's the part about it that I like too. I, I really, I really love the idea that you can speak around the world without leaving your house. But when you get in a long form conversation, like we are doing now, we're finding out that we have a lot in common. We have very similar values. We speak the same language. We are kindred spirits. That's the beauty of a longer conversation. Juxtapose that to when you get invited to be on a major newscast. There will be a three to four minute package where you will get to share something in three to four minutes. And when it's over, it's over and it's on onto the weather and it's onto the sports. It's hard to, to convey and create that kind of relationship when you only have four minutes. And so for people who appreciate the luxury of having a real conversation, this is fun. But here's the other part about it that I think definitely needs to be called out. There are listeners paying attention to these conversations. And if what it is that you are talking about solves a problem that they've been struggling with, that podcast episode, if someone says, I've really struggled with my bio, I don't know how to make it better. I can repurpose this episode and say, well, here's a recent podcast episode where I talked about some of the mistakes people make and what to do differently. I hope you'll listen in. But when they listen in, not only do they get the tips, but they hear my voice and they hear the passion that I bring to it. And if they like what they hear and it resonates for them, when they ask to talk to me, it isn't, gee, I wonder if you're the right person for the job. It's, hey, when can we get started? 
And for people who want to get started quickly so the exchange of value can happen sooner versus later, I mean, let's repurpose these podcasts to the best of our ability, which brings me to one other idea, which is when you're on a podcast, just don't grab and go. Do your part to repurpose that episode after the fact so you can help the host get more eyeballs, more listens, more downloads, more subscribers, because we're all in this together and the rising tide lifts all the boats. It really does. And this is something that I'm pointing, I'm myself pointing out again and again to people as a host or as a guest, you have valuable content and, and clips that you can be creating from your appearances on other shows, even if, and, and probably most hosts are not going to deny you that you say, okay, can I have a, can I have the, the recording so I can create some clips and put out some, or, or a copy of the transcript so I can put some stuff out of that to my network as well. Most hosts are going to be like, yeah, sure. I'm more, more than happy for you to do that. Or they may say, all right, I have a team and I'll get them to do that. And I'll get them to share it with you because they, it's, it's added promotion. Nobody's going to turn down that extra promotional stuff. And in terms of your own audience as well, it's additional value and content for them that also is securing your expertise and your value to them as to what you're putting out there. So it's just benefit on top of benefit here, right? Well, so let me just offer a very recent example of something that is very relevant to what we're talking about. I was very recently invited to provide expert commentary to a columnist for Forbes.com. He wanted to know about tips for podcast guesting for messengers who want to attract more high ticket clients. And so when I responded, not only did I share my own distinct, unique perspective, but I made specific, terrific recommendations to three of my favorite podcast guest collaboration sites that were influential and one other resource because I thought to myself, when my name and my tips are showcased on Forbes.com and I was generous in bringing along three or four other amazing resources with me to enjoy that level of credibility and impact, that will give me the opportunity to reach back to the owners of those three or four organizations and say, I did you a solid by showcasing you as among my favorite recommended resources. I wanted you to know that and I wanted to see if you might be excited to share this out with the people that you know. Every single person to a person was delighted, surprised, and thrilled. And as it turns out, many of them had over 30,000 people in their communities each, which means that that Forbes article is going to reach and touch and transform more lives so that the rising tide truly will lift all the boats. So bringing that print example to podcast guesting, if you are lucky enough to be featured on a great show like this one, Speaking Influence, think about what you can do to share it out. In, and if you have wonderful resources you can pack within the show that can be in the show notes, that gives you an opportunity to reach back to the people who were referenced in the show notes. So they'll say, wow, that was unexpected and delightful. I maybe want to talk to that lady or that fella. And what do you know? You create relationships by doing kindnesses to others before you ask for anything for yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic thing. You know, I've heard, I don't know if you're familiar with Pat Flynn, but I've heard Pat talk about this kind of thing as well of being noticeable in people's communities and environments. Like if you want somebody, somebody you follow on, on YouTube or anywhere like that, go and show up on their live events and interact 
chat with them and be somebody who shows up regularly. So they, all right, I've seen you before and, and they become familiar with you. But in terms of people's content, you know, if, if you are looking to really get some other, you want to get on a, some bigger shows that might be more challenging to get onto, start sharing out their content, tag them in it and share it out to your audience as well. Pick out some clips or some lessons you got from a particular episode and keep sharing that stuff out. Not only is it giving great value to your own audience, but if you keep tagging them in it as well, they're going to start to notice that you're doing that and they're, they're going to see that. So you know, he's developing those relationships by you're helping them, you're helping yourself, you're helping your audience. Everybody wins, right? Well, and since we're talking about bios here, there's the words we put on paper to demonstrate who we help, how we serve, and what makes us special, different, and preferred. And what makes us special, different, and preferred also relates to how we show up as human beings in our daily lives, as we post on social media, as we show up on stages live and virtual, as we do whatever it is that we do. And if you say, for example, that you're all of the help and none of the hype, and that you're going to demonstrate that with every move you make, and people have that experience of you as a human being, the words and the music match, and there's alignment, which creates that beautiful bridge of trust. And so I think sometimes people get all caught up in the hype of who they are and positioning themselves and over positioning themselves, but the match to who they are as a human being is a disconnect. So if you could be integrated in every good way, um, you will get to have, be, or do all the good things that you want to get to wave the flag for by being first and foremost, a fabulous of service leader and servant of others' success. But then your success will most naturally follow. But the alignment is really, really important. And I don't know about you, but have you ever met someone whose bio was something, but when you met them in person, you thought to myself, is this the same person? Yeah. And, it's and I've met people who were like that on stage, <laughs> come <laughs> off the stage and a completely different person. Yeah. It's that, it's a disconnect in their, in their authenticity. Sure. And, you know, it's a lot of work to have to be more than one person on this planet in any given moment. I, I, I mean, I always tell myself I'm the same person when I get into the Uber car to the airport as I am when I'm checking into the five-star hotel, as I am when I'm asking the person to please help me with my electronic devices. I am the same person wherever it is that I go. I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm authentic, I'm of service. And the words and the music should match. And... So whatever your bio is, make sure it's telling the truth, because if you're going to fib about what you look like and what you are about, what else are you going to fib about? That doesn't set the stage for awesomeness still to come. Yeah, I think so. And I, I've been heartened, I think, by, and I think I've often said this on my show, but I feel like the whole thing with pandemic and quarantines and virtual this, that, and the other people are striving for connection more than ever. And, and people are looking for those relationships. Now I've had some shows where we specifically talked about things like relationship marketing and the importance of that connection with people. And that relates to all of this very much. Okay. It's like, yeah, there are still some of the slick, fast, but fly by night kind of people out there who aren't necessarily the most authentic or the most ethical people. But I think it's, I think life has become harder for them. And I, I think things have big, things have been moving very much away from that. And even in a world, like, in a world like podcasting, it's very hard to be like, that. if you want to get invited regularly onto shows, 
and you say about making people who make it all about me, they are the people who make it all about them generally. Uh, but you want to get invited on lots of shows. You want to build up your name and your reputation and you want to have good, valuable podcast conversations. It absolutely has to be about providing value and building up those relationships and your community it, as a part of doing that as a natural consequence of doing that. So, yeah, I, I think we're very much moving away from those sorts of things uh, and that all expresses it. Now, to some degree, I think we've talked at uh, a level for people who are already kind of in the game, yeah? And I'm wondering if there's any specific things for people who miss I'm just starting with this. I don't have the track record. I don't have any awards or recognition right now. What kinds of things can they do to make their bio a bit juicier without, without, being, without faking it, without being uh, inauthentic? I think the power of a good story will serve you well if that's your situation. And I'll tell the story of what gentleman I met. He was a self-taught interior designer and home stager. And he told the story that when he was nine years old, he found himself reorganizing the furniture in his home to feel and look better and make his family smile. And it gave him so much joy that here he is 30 years later, still moving furniture around. And what that story told, tells us is that this discovery of his talent was something that he came to very early in life. It made him happy. It's something that he loves to do. It's more than what he does to make a living. It's more, it's what he does to bring joy to his life and to the life of his clients. And if you were looking for a home stager to help make your home look more beautiful so you could feel even more at home, you don't care that he doesn't have A, B, C, or D credential. You love what it is that he's all about. When I was first starting my PR firm after I left a 20-year career in corporate marketing, I thought to myself, and I'm sure a lot of other people have felt this too, despite my wonderful accomplishments in corporate life, I am a solopreneur and I don't have any clients and I don't have, I don't have anything. Like you immediately discount whatever brought you to this place. Yeah. But if you remember what it is that you accomplished in the previous role, it's not that it didn't happen. It of course happened. So find a way to use it. So I had this, when I started my business 20 years ago, it said, every growing company needs a storyteller. Let me help you tell yours. And then I said, with this many years of corporate marketing experience, working on projects such as X, Y, and Z, I stand ready to make you the center of my attention. These are the five values upon which I have launched my business. If you like what you've read so far and you're ready to dig in, let's meet and get the party started. It was so authentic. It was so genuine. And I found myself booked solid very, very quickly because I just called it like it was. Everybody knows someone who has a wonderful career doing something where they're hanging out their shingle and looking for a leg up. And I just asked for a leg up. Every growing company needs a storyteller. Let me help you tell yours. And it helped. It got me, it got me on the map. And that was yeah. even before I even had a website. So go to your values. You know, I remember saying something like, I'm going to value your time as carefully as I would my own. And that results in short order are my highest priority. And I can't wait to get started. I was totally about how I was going to serve them at the highest level with enthusiasm and joy. And people responded to that. So whether you're a furniture stager, or someone starting your own business, you don't have to apologize for your journey. You just have to put your stake in the ground 
and lead with what you're fighting for and ask for the business. Yeah, I, I think the, this is magic and this is stuff that is really going to help people who are maybe so well, I don't know how to differentiate myself. I don't know how to set myself apart. Like your story sets you apart. Your values set you apart. That whole journey to where you are now, to what you want to do, to how you want to help people. That is what you need to be sharing with people. Absolutely. And, and that is where the, the magic lies. Uh, Nancy, this is absolute gold dust. And I hope people are, are paying attention to that. Now, I know we, we don't unfortunately have all day to talk about this as, as much as I wish we did, but people can at least come and learn more from you because you have a book. So tell us a, a little bit more about that. The Bye Bye Boring Bio workbook gives you from soup to nuts, everything you need to know and do to prepare bios and social media profiles that will attract clients, speaking gigs, and media interviews. And there's bonus content about how to prepare your bios for your book, how to prepare bios for your um, media one sheet, and all kinds of ninja strategies around how to make the most of podcast guesting for good and profit. If you would like to sample the Amazon best-selling work, you can go to buybyboringbio.com and download the first 27 pages, which are packed with so much value. You're going to say to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm so well served. I can't wait to see what's coming next. So it would be my distinct honor and privilege for all of your listeners to go to buybyboringbio.com and just savor it's a crazy thing, but the preview for the book went Amazon bestseller in four categories, even before the finished work was in my hands. That should tell you something. Well, that, that's incredible. I know I'm going to be checking it out. I hope that all of my show listeners will, because everybody who's in the audience for this show is going to get some benefit and value and clarity from, from checking that out for themselves. I have to ask you before, before we start moving into some of the other uh, things I want to wrap things up with, but what for you is your own personal top influence and persuasion skill, one that you can always rely on to, to help you out? It's a core value that I will see here and celebrate you before I'll ever ask for anything for myself. And I think to be seen, heard, and celebrated is incredibly rare. And so... That's my secret sauce. I will see. That's really powerful. Really powerful. Yeah, I agree. And I love that. I really love that. So people can come and check out your book. What if they want to find out more about you or connect with you personally? What's the best way for people to connect with you? I recommend they join my Raise Your Voice, Make Your Impact Facebook group. It is a very powerful group of messengers on a mission for good and profit. And you can go to getknowngetpaid.com forward slash group. We have almost 3,000 members worldwide, and I do live trainings within that group. It's incredibly robust. It's a wonderful community, and you will learn important lessons to raise your voice, make your impact, and make money every step of the way simply by being an engaged member. So go to getknowngetpaid.com forward slash group, and let's get to know each other. That, that's a great invitation and a wonderful offer. Not only do you teach this stuff, you're demonstrating a masterclass of how to put this stuff into action today as well. So I hope people are, are paying attention on that level as well. Like everything you said, how you've structured things and been prepared for everything we've talked about today is, is a real masterclass on how to be an excellent podcast guest. So, so now that Nancy doesn't talk about this stuff, you can actually see it, see it and hear it in action on this show here today. Now, I hope that everyone will check out your book and your Facebook group. 
what books for you, what books or resources for you, in addition to that, have been the stuff that's really helped you along your way? You can give us maybe one or two recommendations that we could check out for ourselves. I just finished this book. It's been the best book I've read this year. It's called The High Achiever's Guide to Happiness, Confidence, and Success, The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Why do I love this book? How many people go to disappointment about what did not happen and have themselves living in a sea of despair? The whole thesis of this book is look back to the last 90 days and think about what awesomeness unfolded for you. Keep a record of your wins and live in the gain and not in the gap. Can't recommend this book more highly. Another book that I highly recommend is called Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen by Steve Sims. He is the modern day Wizard of Oz who was a success. He, he would make magical dreams come true for people. But one of his truisms is you can't pay a bar tab with Facebook likes. And if take great care to be clear so you can never be misunderstood, he has such powerful declarative statements that are such beautiful declarations of how to show up as a winner in life. So those are two books. And of course, my all-time favorite is Jack Canfield, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, The Success Principles. Best $20 I've ever spent over the last 20 years to build a life of success and contribution that makes me very, very proud. Okay, everyone, add, the, add those to your reading list. The links will be in the show notes for everything that Nancy has talked about. Nancy, you provided so much value today. It's been a real treat talking to you. I've learned a lot. I know my audience will have learned a lot. That's why you've been an incredible guest. Now, there's so much more than one thing that people will take away, but what's the one thing more than anything else you hope people remember from this conversation? I want you to drop out of the getting ready to get ready club. Get your bio brilliant and door opening and start speaking to larger leverage audiences around the world. Because if it's time to work your message now and have your legacy alive, if we've learned anything in the last 18 months, given this pandemic that we've all experienced, some days, not a day on the calendar. It's time to beat the drum and get out there and share your message so that you can have your legacy alive right now. Get ready, get known, get paid. Now's your time. Nancy Judson, this has been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and a really fantastic episode of the show. And I'm sure my audience is going to agree with that as well. I look forward to seeing some reviews, some five-star reviews for this episode alone. Nancy, thank you so much for coming and being my guest today. It's been a real honor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed the show. If you did, please consider the price of the show to be sharing it out with your friends and network. Look, if you found some value, some things that you can apply and use from this show, then there's a very good chance your network are going to benefit from it too. So don't keep all the good stuff to yourself. Share it out with your friends and your network. It's quite possible that you have a device in your hand right now that you are listening to the show on. If you do and you're on Spotify or you're on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a review for the show. It's not hard to do. You can leave us a star rating and let me know how we're doing with the show and maybe what you would like to see, how we could even improve it for the future for you. Whatever you found particularly useful or helpful in today's show, make sure you put that into action. 
If you want to get in touch with the show or you'd like to find out more about how you can leverage the power of podcasts to build your profile and influence and persuasion, which is exactly what I focus on in my online courses and programs, then do get in touch. Visit presentinfluence.com or come and connect with me on LinkedIn. You'll find links in the show notes. Thank you to our sponsors, Brandface, for supporting the show. You can find out more about them and how they can help you master your message and get your message out to the right customers in the right way by visiting learnaboutbrandface.com. So I hope to see you on our next show. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.